0: We should all be excited about being saved by the blood. Yeah. <laughs> all right. well, turn with me to 1 Peter, chapter three. We're going to continue on here. And, and uh, today we're going to be looking at having a good conscience. Last week, we spoke about a good being ready to give uh, an answer. Now we're going to talk about giving that answer with a good conscience. So verse 16 is where we're going to be. All right. Having a good conscience, that whereas you speak evil, they speak evil of you as of evildoers. They may be ashamed that falsely accuse you, accuse your good conversation in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you again for the blessings of your word we thank you for the truth that we read and father we know that uh, our lives will be challenged uh, when we live for you and live a life that's honest before men and father as it shows here a good a good conscience and father I'm thankful for those that are faithful in their the sharing of the gospel that they're faithful and in, in showing that their ministry and uh, just working with those uh, that need help that uh, are uh, lost and seeking and father i'm thankful for those uh, those of us that uh, willingly share that gospel of good news and i'm thankful father that uh, we can look into your word today and we can just uh, be edified a little bit more and that we can use this to help us uh, to encourage us to not give up and to to know that uh, as, as we go forward we will be challenged but father we're we're thankful that uh, because of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit and God the Father that takes care of us, that will be uh, shown uh, to be worthy of, of being called servant. and Father, we, we just are thankful for that. and we do ask now that you'll just guide and direct in this lesson, and may it be as, as we 've always asked that it would be useful for us uh, to make us stronger, give us a more boldness, but also, Father, just to edify us a little bit more. And we ask it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, like I said, we left off last week talking about uh, uh, verse uh, 14 and 16, about uh, having uh, that good report and uh, to be be ready for, or actually verse 15, uh, that be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you uh, and the reason of hope that is in you with meekness and fear, and, and the, the encouraging thing is that there are many that will ask us questions. Uh, they might ask uh, out of sarcasm, but I pray most of the time that they're asking out of a, a desire to want to know, why are you the way you are? Why are you uh, just so upbeat with everything that's going on? And in verse 16 gives us that uh, bit of encouragement that we, you know, having a good conscience. And it's very similar to uh, 1 Peter uh, 2.12. Uh, we go back to it. It says, you know, uh, if you look back there, it says, Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold glorify God in the day of visitation. And it's very interesting in talking about the day of visitation. It's talking about that time when we will be standing, or they will be standing in judgment, and the, that we will be found. As in Philippians uh, two says that we're blameless, harmless, and without rebuke, and do not give place to the devil, as Ephesians says. But that you know, one day when we stand before Christ, we'll give a, a be given a report of of how we uh, were on this earth. How, you know, what did we do with the gospel? How did we do that? But at at that time, our good works are going to be shown, and I, you know, this is kind of in my opinion, (laughs) that those that were accusers of us, falsely accusing us, they're going to see those good works, and God's going to, you know, reach over, maybe tap them on the shoulder and say, see, they were doing it. They were doing good. They were doing my works. And you could have been saved. And then the other part is, uh, can you imagine standing before Christ as a Christian, knowing that you might have made a false accusation against a, another Christian? That's going to be a, one that I wonder if that's going to happen to some of us. Maybe we, without thinking, said something. Hopefully, if we did, we caught ourselves and went over and said, you know, what I said was, not quite right. I'm really sorry for that. I think God will say that's what I wanted. But if you just said, "Ah, that'll be taken care of later," and ah, they're going to forgive me, God might bring it back to remembrance. That's something to think about at, at the at the judgment seat. Don't know what's going to be there. We're gonna we're gonna look. You know, haywood and stubble. You know, those things are going to get burned up. Those things that maybe are there. But Romans two fifteen says. Which show the works of the written of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the mean while accusing or else excusing one another. It's it's very important for us that that we have a good conscience, so that well we're not going to be uh, be blamed for giving false information. Remember, we've got the truth, and we know that as long as we do that, that. we are sincerely presenting the Word of God with our our understanding, and as one commentator put it, a good conscience applies two things, that the properly enlightened to know what is right and what's wrong, or that it's not to be under the dominion of ignorance, superstition, fantasism, promoting us to, to do what would be a violation of the divine law. In other words, we will not give out information or present the gospel in a false way, and, and, and we'll be doing right. And it also dictates, uh, that it dictates must always be obeyed. Without the first of these clear views of what is right and wrong, conscience becomes an unsafe guide, for it merely uh, promotes us to do what we esteem to be right. And if our views of what is right and wrong are ero- uh, erroneous, we may be prompted to do what may be direct violation of the law of God. And there are people out there. We've seen that all through history. I mean, even Paul in, in Acts 26, 19 said, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. He thought he was doing what was right before he got saved. And Christ even pointed out in John 16, too, he says, they shall put you out of the synagogues, yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And, and Solomon even pointed out back in Proverbs, there is a way which seemeth right unto man, unto a man, but the end thereof is always the death. And, and that's so very important. There are people they get a thought in their mind, they glom onto it really tight, and they go, well, yeah, I think I understand it this way. And it's definitely wrong in how they do it. You know, you think of, uh, well, the, the, the Crusades, for instance, they were going out, we're going to get those people, we're going to do it for God, you know, that's what King Arthur, or, or King Richard, one of the two, you know, that's what they did, those cru- Crusades, they were going to go over and get those Mohammedans and get them converted, or whatever, or do like what they're going to try to do to us, you know, uh, their, their, their position is to kill all the infidels. Well, their their position was either get them to know God, or we're going to kill them. One way or the other, uh, uh, the Spanish Inquisition, Catholic Church would go through, and uh, people would profess Christ. They had a copy of the Bible, and they were trying to get them to recant. and Says, no, you have to, you know, follow the tenets of this, and if you don't, we're going to we're going to make sure that you're going to die if you don't. And 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 there are some that were very weak and probably changed their thought. <coughs> but then there were others that were very bold and stood uh, through all the tortures and still professed Christ. And I'm sure there were many people that came to know Christ through those, saw the witness that they had, saw how, how strong of a stand they had, and they were willing to die for that. I and mean, that, That's a good question for us. You know, uh, Are we willing to die for the gospel? Some of us won't know until we're put in that position. A lot of us will say, "Yep, just like Peter did, I'll follow you to death." And what happened to him? Well, he ran away for a while, but God got a hold of his heart. And and so for us, it's it's that we <clears throat> are not uh, to do uh, to act as a Christian against our conscience. It's it's kind of given to us as um, as one person put it, a vice regent of God. <laughs> when we do something that's uh, not right. What happens to our conscience? We uh, it gets it's kind of gets a hold of us and says, you know, maybe you really had not done that that way. And think about it. Oftentimes it might come when we maybe talk with a uh, a fellow Christian and maybe something came across a little rougher than we anticipated, and our conscience comes and tells us sometimes we need to go back and apologize for things, or how we how we approach things. And it's very, very important that that conscience kind of gives us uh, a bit of guidance. But there's times when we know that our conscience can be, uh, how is it, seared? You think of that term of of how our conscience can be just seared or scarred in such a way that you you don't feel any remorse about something. Maybe a a sin that kind of sneaks in there and hangs around a bit. Can say, nah, it's just a little it's it's not a big thing. God's gonna forgive me for that each time you do it. There's gonna be a point when God says, nope, we're not gonna have that anymore. We don't know. Don't know what how that goes. But our conscience is is a great thing. It it's that uh, I guess you it, you could put it as a shock collar around our neck. <laughs> when we when we don't do what we're supposed to do, we get reminded. And it who guides it? directs the, the conscience? The Holy Spirit does. And it's, it's so very important that, 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 that we are really attuned to that. And it, it, it lets us know that, um, well, it says no one can uh, therefore can overestimate the importance of having a good conscience. A true Christian should aim by incessant study and prayer to know what's right and then always do it no matter what may be the consequences. We said it, I think, a, a few weeks ago, and Pastor mentioned, "Do right till the heaven falls." You know, I mean, do it. it the world might be is going to be doing something different. The world is going to try to convince us that, no, 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 you don't be doing that. You don't, you don't share scripture with people. You know, just get out there and tell them about your experience. You know, experience is the most important thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, and you follow along with that. In verse seventeen, it says uh, that whereas they speak evil of you, you know we're, we've got a good conscience if we're speaking the way we should be. People will probably speak evil, going, you know, that person they're they're a little on the fanatical side. Maybe you know, and they're going to make accusations about things. They're going to make false claims about. It. And and it's amazing how. How the world will tri- twist what we say. They will try to make it uh, so that, um, you know, it's something else. <clears throat> In the uh, Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew five eleven says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Remember, we're God's representative here on this earth. We're ambassadors. We speak for the kingdom of God. And we're to promote that and represent it. But the world is going to do everything they can to twist it around, to make it, you know, something other than that. Uh, Luke uh, 6.26, Woe unto you when all men shall speak evil, or shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Or um, back in, you know, First Peter, we, we talked about that. Evildoers, you know, they'll, the, the, that they'll change what we're doing. And yet, we're going to be vindicated when we stand before the Lord, if we've gone with a good conscience, when, we, when we've approached things. Um, they will be ashamed. That's what it's going to come down to. Not us. They will be ashamed. You know, they'll see that uh, maybe they misunderstood our contact, uh, conduct. Uh, and, and that's what's wonderful when we present the gospel in truth and in love, and they see our conduct it's, it's impressive when the Holy Spirit can get a hold of somebody a little bit. God kind of tugs at them and goes over and says, maybe you should go talk to that person. They've got a little bit more of an answer that you're looking for. Because God knows their heart as much as ours. And yet, as he said, he draws them. Well, that's a drawing. And sometimes they'll come over and says, you know, when you presented that to me, I didn't fully understand that. He says, I took it the wrong way. I'm really sorry. Can you tell me more? That's one of those ones you go... Uh, <clears throat> uh, 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 now what do I do, God? <laughs> but actually, sit down with them and and just share the gospel. And that's that's the beauty. That you know, Psalms uh, thirty-seven five and six says, "Commit thy way, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and, the, and thy judgment as a noonday." People are going to see. When they're searching, they're going to see us and realize they, they, they might have that answer for me. They might be able to show me the right direction. Because one day, you know, that falsely uh, accused uh, our good conversation in Christ. They're going to maybe initially have, have made that false claim, but they're going to realize that that person wasn't insincere in presenting that to me you know they're just like every other uh bible goer bible thumper church goer They're they're just like all oh, them out to get my money and 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 to get this out of me and that out of me and then when they realize they see that we're living a life that's honoring to god that follows scripture that shows a love toward them not an animosity even though they might treat us uh, in, in, in such a way where we would like to but our conscience says, no, 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 let's not be doing that. We don't do evil for evil. God's going to God, take care of that. And, and the to, to way, way it's going to be is such that God will get the glory for all of this. Romans fourteen twelve. So says, So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. We're going to have to give account of our actions. We're going to give an account for all the stupid things that we've said and i can only imagine god's going to probably be like this half the time with me i'm just wondering how he's going to be with others you know one one person used to make a kind of a joke about you know god's up in heaven he's got a he's got sin clocks up there and he's kind of watching and he says mine's a fan over in the corner that keeps moving the air for everybody <laughs> you know and it's kind of you kind of laugh about it but really he knows what's going on. Yeah, he doesn't remember our sins. We're the ones that keep bringing it up. But yet, he takes an account. He's going to show us the good when we stand at the, at, at the judgment seat. He's also going to show us where we could improve, you know, like a good uh, employee report. You know, this next year, we need to work on this. And <laughs> so he said, now, when you get to heaven, this will all be done. He said, but this is what's going to happen to you. I I, No idea, but I can just speculate. But God is a gracious God. He loves when we come to him and we ask him, he says, Lord, how do I handle this situation? This is happening to me. How do I do that? And 1 Corinthians 3.15 says, If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved so as by fire. Some people, it's just going to get by. I think one person told me it was like by the skin of their teeth. It's just going to be they got saved and that's all they got. They just got into heaven. That's like that gift that God, the pastor talked about is you know, the one gift that we're given. That's, that, that's salvation, that security that's there. Or in 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, <clears throat> that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done whether it be good or bad so we're going to see both the good and the bad i'm sure he'll start off with the bad and just make sure that we're good and humble and then he's going to say you know well done thou good and faithful servant because he may lay that out before us but when we think about that, the, the realization that as long as we're on this earth, we're going to trip, stumble, and fall, and we're going to we're going to get, you know, skinned up and dusty, and we got to dust ourselves off on a regular basis, like Peter, when you know Christ was talking about washing, was showing them uh, about washing the feet and explaining to them of a servant. And Peter said, "No, wash me everywhere," you know, and, and Christ says, "No, no, no, no," you know, "I've got to wash your feet," and, and to kind of paraphrase. Back then, you know, they had open-toed shoes. Walking around in those dusty streets, their feet got dirty. Well, as we walk on this earth, there's all this dirt and filth around us. It's going to be on us. And some of them, sometimes when we come in at night, it's like, I've got to take a shower. I've got to get this world off for me somehow, just to get, just to feel comfortable. And then get into the Word, and then realize that that it's so very important. And, it, and it's. Uh, Kind of funny, as or I won't say funny, but as as I was going through, uh, I was I found an article yesterday, and and let me see what the title of it was. Um, oh, here it is. What can we do in the face of growing anarchy? And it was kind of a checklist for us to think about, uh, to summarize, and it hit every one of the points that we've hit in the last couple of of sessions. And it says, uh, you know. And uh, The Way of Life, uh, David Cloud, I don't know if you, any of you have read any of his stuff, but he published this some time ago, and it says, that, As Christians in today's world, we are experiencing a growing lawlessness and apostasy stemming from the totalitarian actions in speech control, cancel culture, and lascivious living spurred on not only by the government, but the media and big tech. It's real obvious what's there. And it says, why we do not yet rule on the earth, we're not powerless that's the one thing that peter is is pointing out here. He says all this stuff is going on around you. you're not powerless. you may feel like you are, but you know what you you have God on speed dial, so to, to put it in today's terms. We know how to go there and and is says uh, he he made this uh, very much a stress, but he says we must sit down and write uh two things this is Am I fulfilling God's promise in the scriptures in my daily life? And what practical steps can I take to do these things in a more perfect manner? And there were several things that that were listed here, and I'm going to go through a few in the the last little bit here. Some of them are very common sense, but they're things to think about. And the first thing is make sure you're saved. There are a lot of people out there that are saved that just don't, I don't feel like it. I don't understand it they haven't grown they haven't learned they don't understand they haven't found a good solid bible teaching church and i'm thankful for this church here we teach we teach the word of god we teach that yep we're small but we get edified we're not out here to entertain well sometimes we entertain <laughs> presentations of things but it's it's not our mainstay you know, there's, there's a place for a joke or there's a place for a little humor. But that's not what brings people in through that door. It's the word of God that brings us in. And it's, it's a belief there. The Bible warns Christianity in the last days it will be a powerless one, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away, Second Timothy 3.5. 3, it warns that false gods and false Christs and false spirits will abound. It's imperative to make sure that you are truly born again through the true gospel, the true Christ, and the true spirit. Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, John 3. 3. We see that, and we run into people like that. Oh, yeah, you know, I I know Christ. You know, I I, I know God. You know, I I pray to God on a regular basis. And keep probing with that person. You'll find out that, no, they're not saved. They probably think that they are. And there's going to be a lot of people that are going to stand before God thinking that they're saved, and God's going to say, depart, I never knew you. That is going to be the saddest words for any person to ever hear. And and it's it's so very important. And it says, don't be surprised at growing wickedness and apostasy. we mentioned that. We're seeing it right now. I can only imagine what it was like in the first century. There's times in history where, well, I mean, we're going to look here in, in, in the coming lessons about the wickedness of man uh, where uh, dealing with Noah and that no matter how much preaching Noah did, only eight people got saved, that were saved through that. The rest of the world, there were, may have been some out there, but they just didn't fulfill what's, what, what was needed. And uh, if you look at how the, the uh, ark was built, there was more than enough room on there for more people. They just didn't want to take it on. And there's Christians today that are in that position that are saved, but they never move any further from that, and they act just like the world. They have the world's language. They have the world's actions. They have the world's dress. They have the world's going on around them. If you sit down with them for a little bit, you might, you might find out that they're saved. You might find out that, okay, well, you know, I really don't, uh, you know, all sorts of weird excuses. But the thing is, is that, that uh, they're going to stand before God accused. They may be saved. They might not be. There are a lot of, a lot of people out there that, that can present a, a, a good story about salvation. The other is don't fret. That's what Peter keeps going back to. Don't fret. Psalm 37, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the, uh, against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as, gra- as the green herb. Trust the Lord, do good, thou shalt. so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily shalt thou be fed. Delight thyselves also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thy heart. That's verses 1 through 4. There's a whole bunch of other verses down through here you know, to, to go through. Fret not thyself because of evil men, neither be thou envious of the wicked, Proverbs twenty four nineteen. Next is have a biblically educated, settled conviction that God is on the throne and the times are in His hand. That is so much, that's so important for us to realize. We don't have control of it. We know God has control of it, and we need to let Him have handle on that. Jeremiah 10.10 says, But the Lord is the true God. He's the living God, an everlasting King. At His wrath the earth shall tremble, the nation shall not be able to abide His indignation. Be a mature, skillful Bible student. That's probably one of the biggest things that we stress here. In your Bible, on your knees, in church. That's that's so important. It says, "But delight th- but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth, and in his law doth meditate day and night." Psalms one two. And of course, we've gone through this one here not too long ago. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. Second Timothy two fifteen. You know, we may not know the Bible intimately. We may not know a lot of Scripture. Some people are just gifted with being able to just pull Scripture and, and, and be able to use it. A good conscience, the Holy Spirit, will bring to remembrance so many of those things when we're, when we're there. Be spiritually discerning, discerning, testing everything by God's Word. There are many things that have come before us that when we take it to, the, to Scripture and look at it, we are going to find out that it's not what it's meant to be. There's some evil people out there that are trying to do God's work, they think. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether these things were so, Acts 17, 11. Focus on your heavenly citizenship and live as a pilgrim. That's probably the hardest for a lot of people. It's so nice here, but I can't even imagine what heaven's going to be like, how much better it is. The most beautiful thing, the most idyllic situation won't even compare to our thoughts. God is there. Colossians 3, 1-4 If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Therefore Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid in Christ, in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory doesn't mean that we can't have things here. We just can't let them be the things that control our thoughts. Having things is nice. But realizing that they're, we don't get to take them to heaven with us. None of us, you know, there's not a, a moving truck uh, following a hearse. And that's the most beautiful thing that we can think of, is what's on this earth is going to stay here. And, and what we get when we look forward to that prize, you know, people say Paul was probably a very rich man when he started on his mission journey, being a tent maker. And that's how he kept his, his uh, whole entourage going. Offerings might have taken care of some of it, but I think the Apostle Paul was taking care of those people completely. He died probably not having a penny to his name. I don't know. He might have, might not. He, but he did what he did have was an account that was full of, of wonderful treasures of people that took care of him. He was looking on heaven. Live holy Christian lives to the glory of Jesus Christ. Romans 13, a very good one for living. It says, and that knowing in the time that now is, it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is your salvation nearer than we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Romans 13, 10-14. There are many Christians that are living a life as if, my heaven's right here, and thinking that, that they're doing God's work by living the world, letting the world be direct, doing in their services what the world will be doing and saying that, yep, that's, that's from Scripture, and we know that. Separate from the world. That's the, the, the biggest one. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Psalms one. It's, it's so very important for us to, to realize that we're in this world to be of the world, not in the world. We've used the analogy of a ship. The ship floats on water. I was on a ship that sunk purposely, but we kept water out of what we laughingly called the people tank. And the idea is that a sunken ship is in the ocean. Well, that's not what a sunken Christian should be. We should be here to share the gospel, but we shouldn't be so engrossed that when we leave that, that we, we think we, we're, we're going someplace the wrong way or, or with the wrong thinking. We're going there with the proper attitude and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, Ephesians 5.11. And then lastly, and, and there's many more in this, this article, it was very interesting, but pray, pray, pray. I exhort therefore that the first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all good li- godliness and honest honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of our Savior. Who will, not ha- who will have all men be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth? 1 Timothy 2, 1-4. through 4. Our goal here is to share the gospel as often as possible. We don't know, but we're to be the leaders. We're to lead people to the Lord. Show them that direction. It's up to them to get saved. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open unto their prayers but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil, First Peter 3.12. We talked that last lesson. And to realize that Peter was teaching nothing new. He was just emphasizing. We're teaching nothing new here. We're emphasizing what, what's so very important in a world that is getting worse and worse. And, and until the Lord intervenes, we're going to see it getting worse and worse. Why is he doing that? Only God knows and understands that. But we're given the truth, we're given the warning signs, and we're to be the warning sign to the lost world. And and to understand that, yep, we're going to be persecuted, we're going to be challenged for what we believe, and it's so very important that we keep that boldness going, that we're not to shy back, but we're also not to be vindictive in it. Because there's many times when people have approached and you know, you just kind of want to look for a baseball bat or something to see well, if I can take care of this problem and beat him into submission, then he'll understand, no, that's not what God wants. God wants us to be uh, as mild as doves, but to also be, what, as weary as wolf. You know, to understand, to, be, to have that vision so that we are not so caught up and that we're not uh, being part of the world. And we're we're like you say God's ambassadors here, and as we go forward with the rest of this lesson, we're going to find out what Christ was doing in the time of Noah. Kind of interesting. I'm talking with Pastor a little bit about it, and there's some interesting concepts on the on these next four verses. It'll be kind of how people uh, thought things, how they understood it. I don't know how God was doing, but you know. Christ suffered for our sins. We're expected to suffer the same way. We won't be, hopefully, nailed to a cross, but we'll be challenged for our belief. And it's so so very important for us to realize that these things here, we're not to fret. We're just to stay studied up, ready to give an answer, but to do it with a good, a good, clear conscience, a good conscience. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for the truth that we have in your word. Father, I thank you for the challenge that you give to us as we walk this earth, knowing that we will be uh, seeing things that are going to literally rock our world. And Father, I pray that you'll just give us the wisdom, give us the understanding, give us the strength as we focus and face those. And Father, I pray that we will be faithful servants to continue to present the gospel, to live a life that's honoring to you and to glorify you in all that's done. And we ask it in Jesus' precious name.